Hello and welcome to the Rotating Platform, a podcast about video games. Uh, this is episode 16 of our podcast, recorded on the 29th of April. Uh, I am Matthew Castle and I am joined by Mark Green. Hello listeners. And Alan Madrell. Hello. You better say what the uh, year is for anyone who's listening. Oh, it's the... it's the year, it's the space year 2015. 2015. Space, Just in case anyone's, some archivist from the future, this has become a valuable historical document. Imagine um, what what a sad state of affairs the future would have to be for this to have any value. Well, yeah. I, I pity people trying to reconstruct human society based on what we've left behind. Um, <laughs> good luck to you. Yeah. There's worse human beings that could be uh, held up as a, you know, the, an example of humanity. I so, think. if you can think of some worse human beings that could be uh, labelled up as uh, as examples of humanity, let us know. Yeah, it's just not. It's funny because when we come to space art later, I think we've had our first two nominations for actually throwing things into the lava rather than saving <laughs> oh them. Oh, my God. So like, people so have turned on that, space up. <laughs> so if we extend that to people, then we could have, you know, who would you like to see uh, who, their, their skin being melted? Oh, is this the, like the three-bullet game where you've got three bullets, you know, and uh, you, can, you can kill three people that exist... Alan, uh, it's one bullet. What crazy mental games are you playing? What? Three? <laughs> How many people do you No, play? because the gag is three, and then you choose some terrible, awful person, and you say three bullets for that person. That's, ah, that's right, the hilarious joke. Yeah. That's fun. Mm-hmm. It's always fun to joke about killing people, isn't it? Lols. Uh, killing them with three bullets when only one's <laughs> needed. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Nothing's funnier than murder, apart from over-murder. <laughs> yeah, ludicrous jibs. But so anyway. welcome, welcome to our uh, jolly podcast yeah. about, about video games. Video games and also murder. Yeah, and murder. This week I think we'll focus mainly on the video games. Just <laughs> a little bit of murder there, but uh, maybe next time. <laughs> 90% yeah. murder, 10% games. You never know what you're going to get. That's the beauty of it. <laughs> Does that mean every time we start a new platform there's going to be a 10% chance it's about murder? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe it'll get us on a new category of iTunes. Yeah, the same one as Serial. Yeah. Actually, it should be. Oh brilliant. yeah, yeah. Do they have a yeah. murder category? They should be. It's, it's, murder is so hot right now. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, but let's stick to what let's stick to what we're what we're best at, or rather, less not good at. Yeah. Which is video games. Ah, which is video games. So let's go. Yeah. So um, let's go and talk about some video games uh, straight after this. Well, welcome to the platform, and we are going to have a look back at what we've been playing over the last couple of weeks <laughs> or so. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's that's the thing to do on this platform here. I don't know how yeah. we know that that is the thing to do on this platform. Like there's I arrive a sign. on the platform. Oh, there's a sign. Yeah. Okay, right. We don't have to do what the platforms tell us. We can do whatever we want. <laughs> so right, uh, jam with the band. No, here we're we not, go. No, actually, we're, we're going to follow orders. Yeah, follow. It's safest that way. Um, yeah. So we've been playing plenty of video games over the last couple of weeks or so. Um, who's going to who's going to kick us off? I'll 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 uh, I'll, I'll kick us off. Go for it, Mister Castle. I have been preparing for the upcoming release of The Witcher 3 by playing The Witcher 2, um, mm. which is a game... Yeah. yeah, sorry, I was just going to say, this is sort of thing right now. Everyone is desperately trying to catch up on, on The Witcher. Um, I feel a little bit smug because I played The Witcher 2 quite a long time ago. Mm. Just just long enough ago for you not to remember any of the very complicated <laughs> story any of the details. obsessive uh, lore that there is around that game. I got a few. I got a few select memories. <laughs> I think you play a bear. <laughs> no, no greener. There's, there's this guy with an eye on his shoulder. I don't know what that's about. It's like a. I kind of describe it as a very bawdy fable. Mm. That's reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's a reasonable description. In, in that it, and it's the kind of thing that surprised me about it. You know, I've been reading a lot about The Witcher because we've been printing a lot about The Witcher in the mag, but it's not a game I know a huge amount about. So I've just been kind of trusting that our freelancers aren't just having a laugh and making everything hmm. up. Um, and uh, I, in my head, I, you know, because the third one, they've been talking a lot about very open world, kind of sort of quite sort of Skyrim-y, and that's what, that's what The Witcher kind of always was in, in my mm. head. But actually, I, I was sort of surprised by how kind of focused and sort of linear the world design Ooh, yeah. was, at, you, know, you know, in order to allow this kind of like mad branching story to kind of take place within mm. it. So it's, it's not the game at all I thought it was going to be, which is kind of why I think it's a bit like Fable, in that Fable's also quite kind of focused mm-hmm. and it's not sprawling. It's quite kind of handcrafted. It's miles mm-hmm. away from Dragon Age or something like that, right? Well, I, I, no? I'd, I'd sort of semi-disagree because the thing I... I the, one of the things I actually remember about The Witcher 2 was uh, it, it really... Some lovely uh, bits to the world. Um, the bit, the, the sort of—I don't know what the first main village was was called, but there's a, it's kind of in a f- flotsam. Yeah, and it's kind of got a really nice forest around it. Um, very. Mm. Uh, I played it on PC, and it's very lush and very rich. Um, and yeah, but it, yeah, sorry. But it's not as—it's not as big as you maybe remember. No, like no, it's no, actually no. I, Like it can, you can walk around that whole forest in about a yes, minute. That's, that's true. Right. So I do. Yeah, as, I do agree on the size basis, but on a kind of that that that. The, the richness of the wor- the, the environments, I it think. It looks um, lovely. Uh, right at the beginning, mm. I've only played the first maybe two or three hours of it, and um, last night, by coincidence, but there's a lovely moment right at the beginning where you step out of a tent and you see you're, you're in your... Uh, you, you step out of a tent and you're in the kind of... You're in among all the troops, right? Uh, and you're on your side of the army and you just look out and there's a sea of tents there and you have to sort of weave your way through uh, all these soldiers, some of whom are not very happy that you're there because you're some dodgy magic dude and they don't like dodgy magic dudes. Um, and you're kind of passing mm. through. And I had subtitles on and there's this weird thing where like, they're all sort of jabbering away their single lines of dialogue that they have. But because I had subtitles on, they were appearing over the characters. The words were appearing over the characters. Yeah, That yeah. was quite disconcerting. To see, oh, I quite like that because it, when you go into a town and mm. you suddenly see like twelve people yeah. talking, and it's really funny, especially if something happens where they're all reacting at the same time. So they're all like, "I can't believe he's done it! Oh my god, his head! His head was yeah. chopped off!" And you're kind of like, "Oh, this is great! We're all you know really in the moment." That was a real standout <laughs> thing for me was was the the aliveness of those villages, especially as I seem to remember like lots of accents from around Britain. Like from from hmm. oh yeah, good hmm. accents. Not like like there's people with quite sort of soft Welsh accents. Hmm. It's not just oh here's a guy with a really comedy heavy Welsh hmm. accent. It's kind of you know it's like oh that's someone who's had a, a very heavy Scottish accent and it's kind of faded and that's quite nice because it actually gives it that sort of sense of that there are rural districts hmm. and the kind of you know it's it's set in a sort of medieval european feeling land so it kind of makes sense that there's always these kind of sort of slight variations kind of intermingling from the different kind of kingdoms yeah it's uh that's really neat and it's it it kind of i think because the world isn't that huge sprawling thing Mm. it's really allowed them to like nail like every inch of it in a way that the skyrim can't you know it just feels kind of like oh here's hut number five but in this world every house has got its kind of little quirks mm. and things mm. and you can yeah. go into people's houses and and rob their stuff for no particular reason god the loot yeah. in that game it's is, very big on oh, robbing the, the loot is just crazy isn't it so much stuff to nick which i love <laughs> yeah. theft in games it, you know it 
I, I like looting as well, but it, it's because I, I, I finished it recently, and I won't sort of spoil the story for you, yeah. Alan, but in the very last... <laughs> but in the, but in the, very, the very last thing that happens is... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but the very, last, the, very, the very last boss encounter, the place where, where, you, where you fight this boss has still got tons of loot, which you can't possibly <laughs> use because you're never going to meet another that's craftsman. Randomly, so you're kind of like... That's why randomly they, distributed loot, like, why did they put cloth here, you know? It's just like, oh, I'm just collecting some cloth, I'm collecting some twine, <laughs> just in case I need it in the future, beyond when the game finishes. Well, I guess the central character yeah. doesn't know that the game is going to finish. It's not like in life that you know the, you know that what your last day but, is and then you don't bother buying lunch. That's such a gamey thing. <laughs> like, anyway. he even says, like... Time to finish it. Like that's <laughs> like um, that reminds me of a meeting I went to. Right, this I went to quite a serious meeting for work with some serious people in suits. Right, this is this is starting out a cracking. Story. This is good. Okay. No, but it, it's going to pay off <laughs> for a because uh, we'd we'd hired a meeting room. This like serious looking red leather wooden panelled meeting room that we'd that we'd hired because mm-hmm. it was all serious. And um, my uh, boss at the time, at the end of it. Like they provided all these sort of tea bags and, and coffee and stuff, right? And a kettle. Oh, and so right at the end of the meeting, everybody's everybody's gone. We're all like, oh, thank goodness it's over. And she opened up her handbag and scooped all the tea bags in there, right? So but that <laughs> makes me think of the final encounter that you're talking about in The Witcher Two, where you're like, you know, you're you're reaching the big dramatic encounter, and you're like, oh, look, some cloth and twine. I might need that. Yeah, she's playing life like an RPG. That's yeah. great. It's like you grab all this stuff. She's looting. Does she? Does she? Does she? If once she put all the tea bags in her handbag, did she just? Did she suddenly slow down? And say you're carrying, you're carrying too, too many tea bags. Like one tea bag too many. So you just put one tea bag down. You're like, because I, I just sorted down. It's like, boy, oh boy, does that happen a lot in The Witcher too? It's one of those games where you don't really pay attention to what you're looting. So all of a sudden you're moving at half the speed and it says you're carrying too much weight. And you're like, oh, that can't be possible. You know, what What have I picked up? And then you actually look at what you're carrying and it's just sort of like timber. And then you're carrying a hundred bits yeah. of cloth <laughs> and you're carrying a load of oil and about 200 <laughs> mushrooms. And you're like, what am I, why have I collected this? I'm, just, I'm literally just pressing A. <laughs> you know? It's just the kleptomaniac. It, yeah. you, know, you deserve to be burdened. Yeah, it makes you wonder. I mean, yeah. I guess The Witcher is quite famous for the lead character kind of uh, uh, kind of snogging his way around the game. Mm. Um, and it makes you wonder how he's so popular with the ladies, given that he's walking around towns with this teetering pile of 100 bits of cloth and uh, timber. <laughs> and Spilling out of his he's not cons- he's, Yeah, he's not considered a local eccentric. He's considered an, an absolute catch, <laughs> despite that. I think a, a large part of the story of, of the game, and, and at least what I took away from it, is that it is kind of about sort of storytelling and the formation of like legends and things. Right. Because it's it's quite interesting that the the mission objective screen is is absolutely brilliant concept. I, I've not seen it done like this anywhere else. But basically, the mission objectives are is your story being told by your friend Dandelion mm, years later. Yeah. So. It's not like, it doesn't say go to the cave. The mission objective will be next, Geralt went to the cave. And so you go to the cave and you follow the story, but then the story writes itself based on your like moral choices and how it branches. Yeah. So it ends up becoming, by the end of every story, it's like a little fable or something that's kind of happened. Yeah. So it, it, it does a lot of interesting stuff with kind of story yeah. structure and branching paths. So maybe it, it's just sort of part And of if that. I remember right, like I would... I would do, there would be like the start of a mission being talked about by that character in the, in the quest log. And then I would do something that 
that brought the mission to a sort of premature end. I sort of messed something up or I just didn't talk to a character mm. and it would say, uh, well, he decided not to not to do anything about that and went on his way. And I had this sense of like, oh, yeah. damn it. <laughs> I've missed that. I've missed mm. a, you know, <laughs> a sense that there was a really good story to be told there. But that's your choice and, that you've made and there mm. were consequences from it, right? Yeah, yeah, well, it really impressive. it did really add to the gravity of the yeah, of the decisions you make. But but it it does it in a lot I think it's actually one of the more interesting examples I've seen of that kind of consequence-based storytelling because often it's quite crude. You know, you get to the end of the path and then it's kind of a, you know, do you get good points or bad points? Mm-hmm. Do you kind of, you know, you know, help the lady or boot the lady down the stairs? <laughs> but in in this one, the missions genuinely branch out in really weird ways, like to the point where they can become like entire other missions mm. or by doing one mission to its completion, you can actually cut off another mission path and not be able to finish that one. Mm. And it's quite brave to go, yeah. well, actually, I'm going to let you mess up other parts of the story because that's what storytelling is about. You can't yeah. just have your cake that and eat it. You know, yeah, there has to be an end. Yeah. Which I which I really like, and 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 the thing which I think is fascinating is how the hell they're going to apply that thinking to an open world in The Witcher mm, Three. Yeah. You know what the strengths of two. I just don't. See, I can't see how that can translate mm. to, to a place where you're free to go. To, you know, go too far ahead, yeah, yeah. or somehow you know over you know overtake yourself. Yeah. By, you know, because you're in the wrong place. But it's it's a really great game. I was really won over mm. by it. I, I had no idea why I didn't come to it sooner. Really. It too. It's got some some fruity old language in that uh, game. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say there is some generally fruity material in there, in language, in naked bodies, but also in sort of attitudes to different people. It's kind of a bit wow, a yeah. bit stark, you might say. Mm. Can I talk about what I've been playing now? Then. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. So I've been playing Crypt of the Necro Dancer which has Ooh. just come out of early access, I think, on Steam and got officially released. What What the Maybe, dickens is that, Greener? What the heck is that? Well, have a guess at what style of game it is based all on All right, I'm going to have a guess. I, I know nothing, all right? I confess total ignorance. So I'm going to say oh. uh, a roguelike. Yes, but... Dungeon, dungeoneering, you're kind of going down yes, and there's all wizards and that. But with a twist, which would be... What? Crypt to the Necromancer? Crypt to the Necrodancer. Necro dancer, got it. Okay. Uh, in which case, the twist is uh, you're a no. The wi- the evil wizard is a disco type person. <laughs> I don't know. Is it disco stew? Yeah, it's Wait, a disco that's wizard. That's actually the game I want to play. <laughs> is it disco stew? Have I just invented a better game than you're actually playing? Yeah. No. Well, that's kind of shot a hole in the theory that I was going to talk about because it's a it's a rhythm game. It's a it's a rhythm based ah, um, okay. roguelike. So I was going to say that it's it's odd. I realise that when a rhythm game is made, it almost invariably has to have the fact that it's a rhythm game in its title, you know, mm. which doesn't happen with many other genres. I was just thinking about how um, if that was applied to, like, first-person shooters, everything was called, you know, like, Gun Squad or, you know, you know Bullet Blast or something. I guess this... That's what, that's what shooting games no, are No, they're called. called Call of Duty and... You know, Battlefield and Bulletstorm. Well, you've got to incorporate the type of game that it is into the title, like Goldeneye. Except you're actually James Bond, and you can see through his head. That sort of (laughs) like that. That would, you know, inside James Bond's skull. Yeah, that would be. be Call of Duty. If duty means shooting people, except you can see the gun and where it's firing. You know, it's like that. Yeah, I guess you're getting at. So yeah, Crypto Necro Necro Dancer is um, yeah, it's a little rhythm based uh, eight bit looking uh roguelike um and, re- and very nice it is too so 
you move to the soundtrack basically so you can just move you can move anywhere um and um but you but every move you make has to be on the beat uh, ah, cool. It's quite an interesting idea. So actually, if you miss the beat, uh, there's not actually particularly any um, great punishment for it. You just lose this kind of coin multiplier. And I've never missed the beat enough to know if there is actually a point where it says, right, well, you've, you've lost. But the real um, challenge is that each enemy has a specific timing pattern um, in oh, terms cool. of the beat that you have to... Um, like a time signature. Well, yeah, essentially, yeah. So you have to be, if an enemy gets, if you move into an enemy when it's one square away from you, like there's a one square gap, that enemy will attack you on, on that on that move. So you always have to get in the right spot that they're next to you on the beat where you attack. And each enemy, you know, different types of enemy have different patterns. Some just stand still, some kind of jump back and forth, some go in a sort of diamond shape. Some need multiple hits, and some have shields, and so on and so on. So it ends up with you, you, it is very much doing this very elaborate dance around the level, one very you know very um, metronomic um, uh, jump at a time to get around a level and uh, kill everything. It sounds a bit puzzly, you know, that, like in in order to sort of be there at the right time and and all that sort of thing. I guess it would feel more puzzly if the levels were fixed, but because everything's randomly generated, um, it's more about. Uh, I guess, yeah. I mean, yeah. There is a sort of there are patterns to it, so yeah. In a way, you can feel like um, you're, but but you know, you have the freedom to go where you want in each level, and there's things hidden around. Um, yeah. So there's no particular path through the level. Um, yeah, I've really enjoyed feeling myself getting better, you know, just starting a level and just getting absolutely, it's very, very easy to die very, very quickly. And yeah, just really, you know, almost just absent-mindedly going around the levels now without even hearing the music almost, you know, the beat has just become entirely natural. How is the music though? Because it's all right. my favourite rhythm games, the music is awesome. Yeah, the, the music is good, good, I wouldn't say amazing, but it does you can use your own songs you can use custom soundtrack well so, and it will take the beat from it or yeah it's got a beat recognition um, have you tried it with anything weird i haven't tried it yet actually but i've read online that it's really really good so yeah oh, i think man. That i want to play it... some some randy newman flavored necro dancer <laughs> <laughs> just a really slow beat that kind of real slow nostalgic the absolute the i think the thing that's gonna I, I don't know how popular this game is but i think the thing people are going to remember it for mostly is the shopkeeper in it um when you um so you probably find this out there's a shopkeeper in every level very much like um spelunky mm-hmm. and you'll probably play your first level and you'll go into the shop and you kind of just you know you're you're going around the shop to the beat and then suddenly <laughs> he starts singing to the music <laughs> in this very broad operatic style uh, which is just brilliant. And you can hear him in the distance um, if you're approaching <laughs> as well. Uh, so it's kind of simultaneously terrifying, but uh, really, really cool as well. So that's a really nice touch, that shopkeeper. And that was the reason I bought the game in the end, because I watched a quick, uh, I watched the preview video of it, and there was just him going, ah, uh, in, in time of the music. And I was like, yes, this I can get behind, a singing shopkeeper. <laughs> oh, my God. You're like a focus testing groups nightmare you know if if, if Ubisoft got that information back they're like oh this is apparently this operatic guy this is is what people want next Assassin's Creed must have singing shopkeepers 
that tested well. Oh yeah, can I talk quickly about Assassin's Creed actually, as you've as yeah. you mentioned it? Oh yeah, yeah, it popped up, didn't it? Because yeah. I've been I've been doing a, my kind, I've been continuing my slow crawl through the Assassin's Creed series because I um I came to them very late, so I I got up to Brotherhood on uh, last week. Yeah, so for, that's the one with Enzo from two. It just kind of follows on from two, doesn't it? Basically, yeah. So you're just in. You're in Rome. It's just all set in Rome. Um, yeah. I want to talk about how awesome it is to spend about three hours, which I did, pushing uh, civilians into water so they so they die. <laughs> I don't know. I'm probably not the first person to like discover that how how awesome this is. But it's just this progression where because um, you're only allowed to kill like three people in an Assassin's Creed before you get you get killed mm. yourself because you're out mm. of sync with Enzo's heroic exploits. <laughs> so um so I started out and I think I was just like um just rugby tackling them off off the edge of uh, of this sort of dock but then the game knows that you've done it so it punishes you for it. Um mm. I think I think I started like punching them. And I started punching them off off the off the edge and and the game doesn't really recognize then that you've it was actually like your fault because they just kind of tip back and fall off. Uh, but, it thinks so, it's an accident. Yeah, yeah, so that was fun, and they and they very very good animations on um, people just just teetering on the edge of uh, <laughs> of a platform and then just just falling in, and they and the sound of someone screaming always cuts off perfectly at the point where they land in the water. <laughs> the um, I was just going to say just to, just the third step was when I realised that I could use the gentle push just to. Uh, very <laughs> passive aggressively, just go up to somebody who's right on the edge and just give him a just a slight nudge so that they just <laughs> fall back. And it's just it's just a casualness of the way Enzo does it. It's just like oh, but I just just give you a little nudge there. <laughs> so you really have spent a long time doing <laughs> this. <laughs> Did you have a difficult day? Maybe was that yeah. it? Yeah, and you're it, like I'm going to spend three hours shoving fools into lakes. <laughs> yeah. Again, love, this is yeah. this is like a this is a nightmare for the focus testing people. <laughs> yeah. They're it's like, a nightmare for oh, your go- oh guys, you'll never believe what the opera loving guy's doing now. <laughs> the only the other funny thing about Assassin's Creed, I don't know if it was in the previous ones, but the cutscenes are all done in engine, so. Mm. Um, you know, stuff can happen, you know, while you're talking to someone in a cutscene. And quite often, because the button for calling your horse is the same as the button for talking to someone, you quite often accidentally call your horse. And then while you're having the cutscene, your horse will just pull up, uh, you know, <laughs> in the background, like, I'm here. What's, yeah. what's happening? <laughs> who, who wants me? Nobody, that, nobody acknowledges the fact that a damn horse just walked right up to you. Yeah, yeah it's that, good. That, that reminds me of something actually from The Witcher 2, which made me laugh in that you can, I'm quite impatient with dialogue. Like if I read the subtitles and I can skip lines, mm. I'll press the skip, skip button. Yeah. Uh, but the problem, the problem with The Witcher is that it, it skips to their animation of their next line as well. Oh, right, yeah. But if mm. in some of the lines, they, um, in some of the lines, they clearly leave while oh, they're yeah, they talking. Move, yeah. So oh, yeah. it'll be like it'll be like a dwarf who go like, "I'm off now, so I guess I'll see you." And then I skip the button, and he just literally just disappears. And all the characters yeah. are just looking at this void. Yeah, <laughs> it's always that's true. Yesterday. That's right. There's a lot of people saying like, "I'm going to go over there now," and it's just like, Ping! and then they sort of vanished forever. And you're but like, oh, your character good. hasn't moved at all; he's yeah. stuck still. Which he makes hasn't, it even he hasn't acknowledged it. Actually, the thing with the pushing people into the water, did you um, do you do you do you remember? Because there was a similar thing I remember in two, and it's probably true of Brotherhood as well, where because you would get the the whole desynchronization if you if you kill people, 
Mm. People would try and like get the guards to kill people. Oh right! Yeah. And the f- the famous trick was to throw a handful of coins at the foot of a guard with a hammer, and then all the peasants would like gather around him and go, "Oh, coins, <laughs> coins, coins!" Then you'd hit him with a berserk dart, which made him spin his hammer around three hundred and sixty mm. degrees, and he'd just destroy everyone <laughs> gathered around Send him. Them flying, Send, and, and, and we would keep running back for more because you know the the kind of the whatever the AI programming that you know is values kind of picking up coins more than mm. it does flee the hammer so <laughs> it's just it's just hilarious you've built like a machine just to destroy but it's not just peasants it's any character that isn't a guard so if you do mm. it in like a really rich area there's always sort of dainty ladies who are suddenly scrabbling for coins and getting like a hammer in the face my fit fa- my, my my third favorite thing is to find the the perfect moment to punch one of the minstrels just just when he's at the perfect <laughs> moment in his song you just go you know he's just they're brave and buff, and then just stop him there <laughs> yeah. like and just jostle him so that he drops his loot oh yeah, yeah so satisfying you'd think the- after a while they'd, they'd see you coming they're like oh no it's this guy he's gonna wait until i sing the best bit of the song should i just stop just nervously eyeing you <laughs> especially because i'm the, they should realize that they're they're the only person and I stop for every other person in Rome. You know, Enzo is pushing past and leaping over. But as soon as that minstrel comes up, I stop dead and just stare at him. And I'm like, sure, sing, keep singing. Just get sing, uncomfortably sing. close first. <laughs> yeah. You've got to get right up next to him and wait patiently, and then just boom. <laughs> It'd be nice if it got if they learned so that he the the fifth or sixth minstrel just started singing very very slowly. You know, fearing <laughs> whatever word it was that was going to get him a punch in the face. <laughs> <laughs> he just flinches when he sings yeah. the word. Yeah, and just oh. and and just to point out, apparently uh, Enzo punching minstrels keeps him perfectly synchronized. So that was something right. he was well known for. In, that's uh, history. In Rome. <laughs> that's history right there. Yeah. Yeah. That is fact. That is, that's canon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yes, Assassin's Creed and <sighs> Crypto Necro Dancer Necro. Oh, so Greener, you've got to skip all the other games though. You've really got to. Oh, just skip, 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 skip. Get on with some pirates. Your life will be richer for it. Yeah, I know. I, I know. I know. Black Flag's the the next one to look forward to. But you know, I I, I like the story. I like finding out all about the, uh, the 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 truth behind the world, all the conspiracies. So, right, Alan, hit us with okay. what you've been playing. I'm going to drop some knowledge about to be or not to be, which is a interactive fiction thing written by uh, Ryan North and Ryan North. Um, that name sounds familiar. Yeah, he does uh, Daily Dinosaur comics. Oh, if you know yeah, one, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're great. Which I'm a big fan of. Um, and you can check out at quants.com, Q-W-A-N-T-Z.com. Um, and uh, the gag of that is it's the same uh, graphics every time, but with different words. And it's like really naff clip art um, dinosaur and, mm. and uh, other things. And they like, yeah, like, that's good stuff. Conversations, but it's very... Like, the style of it is quite... Uh, silly and quite kind of dudish and quite ridiculous. Like, I thought I'd actually, like, it's quite difficult to illustrate that without reading from it. Um, so I thought, this is just from the Kickstarter that, that started off To Be or Not To Be, which is um, Hamlet, done as a choose-your-own-adventure book, but written mm. in Ryan North's very silly style. He says, um, The greatest work in English literature, now in the greatest format of English literature, a choosable path adventure. <laughs> so cool. it's um i'm sorry the whole thing is written like uh the whole thing is written um in a very silly 
offhand style where um like he he's, he he kind of takes the opportunity to point out the ridiculousness of what actually happens in Hamlet, mm. like the fact that Hamlet goes and um, when he insults. Uh, oh, actually, no. Best best example is when Laertes is laying into Ophelia and saying uh, that she's you know terrible and she shouldn't ever see uh, Hamlet again. She should never sleep with Hamlet and all this sort of stuff. And uh, one of the options is like slam the door in his face and throw him out because he's a sexist pig. And mm. the other one is listen and nod carefully and go, well, yes, I fully agree with this sentiment, you know? And it like, it, it just points out how completely ridiculous it is. So it kind of, it mocks Hamlet quite ah, a lot. Cool. Uh, but then there's other bits where you kind of drop into like speeches from Hamlet, you know, because um, uh, this is, there's quite nice uh, mechanic where you, you have got, um, freedom of choice you've got like three or four different things you can do at any different moment and you're not always necessarily hamlet there's sections where you play as ophelia or where you play as hamlet's dad who is dead at the start of the play um but you can play as him before he dies and then you can play as him as a ghost and there's an awesome <laughs> bit where like if you play as him as a ghost but you decide uh not to get involved in the events of the play straight away you can like go adventuring somewhere else and you end up underneath the sea on like a, you know, exploring a sunken ship and stuff like that. <laughs> or there's a bit where Ophelia goes on holiday. Um, like as Ophelia just decides to like completely leave Denmark alone because she's had enough of it. She goes off on holiday and starts fighting terrorists oh, that's cool. or like inventing that's... central heating and stuff like that. It's really, really funny to explore the different options. And That's and, one know. of my favourite things about interactive fiction games is when you discover some branching ridiculous branching path they've put off to one side for you to explore this uh, yeah it's yeah, a lot like that. 80 days in that way actually where they have really fleshed out other options you don't mm. feel channeled back into the story at any point you are you don't gonna, are like gonna you, have, to, you have to are you gonna have to be familiar with hamlet to, to well get it? oh yeah you don't no no it doesn't it's 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 self-explanatory you know it's pretty clear who everybody is but there's mm. ah that was it the nice bit about it is if you um say you've got three or four options um there'll be a little symbol next to one of the options to tell you what happens in the play what is the one that shakespeare went for if you oh, like right. what's the option shakespeare chose so that if you don't know uh what happens to polonius there'll be a, a little thing saying well you know what happens to him spoilers for oh. a play written 500 years ago <laughs> I, I like the idea that someone this might be their first like encounter with hamlet and they play through it, and then they go to see it at the theatre, and they're sitting there thinking, why the hell is he not on a ship underwater? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, no, but that's the nice thing about that symbol, is um, you can play through, the play, play, through the, play through the book completely straight, you know? Um, mm. And that will tell you what happens. It will tell you everything that happens, and, every, and who everybody is, and you'll, you'll, you'll know about that. So if mm. you do then go and see the play, you'll be able to enjoy it because you know, you know what's going on. So it's on mobile then? Uh, to be or not to be was a physical is a physical book, but it's also been put onto uh, mobile platforms by Tin Man Games, who right. did uh, you know all those um, sword and sorcery type stuff with um, which I've played a couple of them. What's what's the um, sorcery? That's one of them. Oh right, uh, and an assassin on Orland. I think that's them as well. Mm. But anyway, yeah, the the like really good uh, mobile interactive fiction uh, company Tin Man Games and. Um, they put together the electronic version of To Be or Not To Be. Uh, And it's really good because you can... There is one slight downfall, though, is um, 
there are like checkpoints because you don't want to like if if you if you die as it were or if you you just you know you, you want to go back to the start you don't want to go all the way back to the start you mm. only want to go back a bit mm. um there are these checkpoints so you can go back to a, like you can start a chapter in which uh Hamlet and Ophelia plot a murder or in which um you know uh in which uh, Ophelia fights terrorists or something like that. Mm. So you can kind of skip back to the beginning of that bit. Mm. But sometimes there's a lot of backtracking or a lot of like retreading certain bits. Yeah. So there's, some, there's certain bits of it where you kind of have to skip through a bit, oh, which is man. slightly mm. tedious, but uh, it's not too bad. You know, it's a very minor niggle in what's otherwise quite a funny mm. game. That there's probably really only a good. couple of hours worth of uh, of entertainment in it, you know, because it's not, I mean, it's nothing like 80 days in terms of the scale of it. You know, there's there's nowhere near as many words to yeah. read or as many branches to explore, but it's properly funny if you uh, if you like daily dinosaur comics, and yeah. if you don't, I can't understand what's wrong with you because it's awesome. Yeah, everyone loves that. Um, yeah, so check it out. Check it out. <laughs> check out Shakespeare, kids. Check out Shakespeare. <laughs> it He's is really cool. cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. That, no, that, that sounds really good. I really want to. I really want to check that out. Is it? Is it? Uh, you got to pay for it. Uh, that's right. I I got it through the um, humble bundle. Oh, that sounds good. What an yeah. interesting selection of games this uh, episode. Indeed, huh? and diverse. Hmm. With a bit of bonus Assassin's Creed Brotherhood chat. Bit of Assassin's Creed. Well, I'll re- yeah, and I'll report on my continuing Assassin's Creed adventures. Um, I'm up to about 87 people killed by pushing him into the water. So I will aim to increase that number and, uh, <laughs> and give you a full breakdown in a future episode. The breakdown is not the word to be using about that activity. It <laughs> describes your yeah. mental state. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Right. Onwards. Let's go to another platform, my friends. I would like to. Well, your de- your wish is about to come true because this. So as we float gently down onto another platform like beautiful angels, um, we find ourselves on a new platform uh, which um, where we, we're kind of digging out the, some of the history of our writing. We all, we've all come from uh, or remain in the video game writing world. And we thought it would be uh, interesting to dig out some of the stuff we wrote when we were but young, fresh writers who had no idea how to string two words together. <laughs> and, Let alone 300. <laughs> and had learned everything they knew almost about writing from um, gaming magazines, which were written by other people who didn't really know what they were doing. Uh, so, yeah, um, let's see what we got. Alan, you got something for us. All right, I'm going to dig up for your delectation uh, a review that went on Games Radar UK. Was it online? Yeah, was it Daily Radar back then, or would it change its name? Uh, yes, it would, but I, some of the content came over to Games Radar mm. at some point. But I mean, this was written uh, probably around the year 1999 or 2000 ish, and it's a review of a US import of Spider Man. Right. First things first, every sane human male born in the last half of this century grew up wanting to be Spider-Man. <laughs> that's quite the uh, that's a, quite the claim to start with. <laughs> Until modern science intervenes, video games will just have to do. Yep, you're... Yep. <laughs> just, let's just pause for a moment and enjoy the word yep. Yep, yep, you'll crawl on any surface, which can get a little unnerving at times. And you can use webbing in a variety of interesting ways. <laughs> That's great. That could have been on the back of the box, almost. 
This is where the writing gets really premium, right? Let's check this out for an extended metaphor. You'll whip through on easy without too much trouble and love almost every minute. Almost in italics there. Um, you'll spend a while totting up extra suits and covers, but this is something of a burger where Nintendo's homegrown software is a juicy slab of prime rump steak. Oh, a- no, that's not good. <laughs> a good burger, surely... A good burger, shortly, laden with a piquant wit and nutritious, colourful visuals, enhanced <laughs> ever so slightly by... <laughs> enhanced ever so slightly by an expansion pack but a burger nonetheless god he's like waiter i'd like the burger minus the piquant wit please but but can i have an expansion pack on the side (laughs) that is the world that sound that you can hear listeners is the sound of a metaphor being stretched beyond breaking point it doesn't even have any relevance to Spider-Man. To what I was probably quite of- hungry when I wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. Oh, uh, it's a very nice description of a burger, but what the heck? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, all right. We'll, we'll wrap it up with our goodly colleagues in the Sony department rubbed their webbed hands with glee at the PlayStation <laughs> version, and with good reason. Yet Nintendo fans will have uh, will have come to expect something more from their action titles, particularly if they're going to have to go through the laborious task of importing the little bugger. So there we go. That's that's my uh, that's my parting shot there. <laughs> that's great. That. What so, do you give it? Uh, actually, I'm not even sure if it had a score on it. This one because it's like yeah, that, it, it went on the bit. website. So it was. I don't think there was a scoring mechanism. Oh no, it's a hit. There we go. The scoring it's mechanism a, at the time was hit or miss, <laughs> and I think it was a hit. I've got I've got my dreaded uh first review i ever wrote uh for, for endgamer uh red steel, red steel. <laughs> you really want to go there i don't i don't oh, i don't do like it. because in hindsight we can all laugh about some of some of the the <laughs> ludicrous claims i made uh i won't read the whole thing because <laughs> it's six pages long it's a bit of a beast oh but um uh i've put Getting your first gun in Red Steel is a defining moment for the Wii. See an enemy? Then aim at him. No manual aim button, no analogue stick tweaking to align sights on a soon-to-be grave occupier. All dive by your hand and your hand alone. It doesn't feel... Grave occupier. Yeah. Oh, it, it doesn't yeah. feel like you're directing a marksman. You are the marksman, and it feels great. And this is, this is where it goes into like, oh, just kill me now. It's liquid movement. We found ourselves at first just emptying rounds and rounds into the environment, simply satisfied to be completely in control. This is the bit which is just so bad and so wrong. (laughs) Who needs a mouse and keyboard to play an (laughs) FPS when you have a nunchuck to move and strafe and turning control of the remote? You know, I have a vague memory of of reading this and going... This sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> you know? at no point did at no point right. So this, so let's let's reconstruct this here. Young Matthew Castle, an excitable young scamp, writes this <laughs> writes this magnum opus, right? And mm. who edits this? Who's know, the well, editor? That's what I was thinking. Goes, I was yeah. just thinking. I, there's you know we can we can take the mick out of young writers. Grow, I was a. A fully grown editor, and I—I uh, I th- I mean, I thought that sounded okay, but yeah. And you went, uh, yeah. The mouse and keyboard is dead. Who needs a ma- who needs a mouse and keyboard is exactly the kind of thing you wrote in a Nintendo magazine. Um, you know. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. The next the next line was, <laughs> PC fans will shake their fist in anger when they see what the Wii's capable of. No, they'll shake their heads. 
<laughs> they shake their heads when they see what you're capable of, Castle. <laughs> oh, God. It was like, yeah, I don't know. I often, I, I still to this day, people still like make fun of me of, on forums and stuff for, for that Red Steel review, but... You know, jeez, oh, what can you, what can I say? I was excited. It was exciting. Yeah. It's the first thing. Yeah. I'd just been employed by a Nintendo mag, and I was the first person in the world to review a Wii game. I was yeah. like, ah, that is super exciting. Know? Yeah, yeah. I tell you what, though, the strap, the, the strap line, the katana is out of the bag. Find out why Red oh. Steel has to be played on launch day. That's, That's pretty good. good. Kata- like katana out of the bag. Ooh. I also I can't remember who it was. There was a box out in here somewhere which had the Shinobody does it better. <laughs> like. Now that's nice. Uh, in fact, I, I I used that a second time years later, and a reader wrote in and complained <laughs> and said, "You used that before, you lazy sod." <laughs> oh yeah, right. Okay, so I wrote. Uh, so what, what year was this? This is June two thousand and one. And uh, this is pretty uh, shocking from someone who was working on a Nintendo mag at the time. Um, and I, so this is for daily radar as it was then. And it's a column about why Game Boy Advance, uh, is destined to fail. <laughs> it starts with Game Boy Advance is great, isn't it? But here's seven reasons why it will never be as successful as the original Game Boy. <laughs> and, um, I, I sort of talk about how, how Microsoft and Sony will inevitably release handholds that will, handhelds that will blow GBA out of the water. Uh, point number two. It makes your hands hurt. Neither Nintendo of Europe nor <laughs> Nintendo of America seem too concerned that Game Boy Advance's A and B buttons are positioned in a way that makes your thumb seize up after half an hour's play. <laughs> Is that true? Mm. Number three. Uh, I don't know. Here's, a, here's, a, um, here's an absolute um, cast iron greener prediction. Number three. Pokemon will die. Nintendo, <laughs> Nintendo might be banking on Pikachu and co. to take sales of GBA <laughs> Uh, into the stratosphere, but the kids are already losing interest. (laughs) 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 Without a similar phenomenon, um, the main reason for the continued success of Game Boy is gone. Just watch Nintendo waste billions on plugging Pokemon GBA, then stare in disbelief at their empty coffers as it doesn't sell. Oh, my God. And they... And they let you edit a Nintendo <laughs> mag. <laughs> so wide of the mark. Yeah. Um, oh man, like imagine if imagine if people had been internet savvy at the time when you were applying for a job at Nintendo, and someone searched the internet and found that. Yeah. Look, listen to the end of this. Listen to the 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 snark. If anyone can compile a similar believable list of why GBA will trump Game Boy, I'd be very interested to see it. Are you listening, Nintendo PR? <laughs> Question mark. The what answer the... is probably not. What the heck had got into me? I was like a, I was like a Nintendo fan. <laughs> oh my God. I was obviously having a bad day. Hmm, we'll have to dig up some more. Uh, maybe the listeners can dig up some examples of terrible writing from us that we've forgotten about. <laughs> yeah, uh, <maybe> <laughs> oh, Preferably... please don't, please don't, <laughs> no. because I've got I got so much that I'm still doing now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nothing recent, maybe, please. Maybe we shouldn't be looking too closely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <our> own <laughs> stuff. Uh, yeah, that was that was fun. Um, yeah, should we um, jump off? Let's draw a veil over that platform. Draw, yeah, just draw, just very gently. Um, Put the cloth over that and and uh, yeah, move on. After this, and now the rotating platform players will use Jam with the Band on Nintendo DS to play a song for your listening pleasure. 
It is the year 3000. Apocalyptic disaster has struck in what has become known as the event. Millions are dead or dying in the molten lava of a collapsing planet. The one beacon of hope, the Space Ark, constructed to protect humanity's best people and greatest works, and carry them safely to a new home beyond the stars. Racing against time, Space Art Games Committee convenes to decide which video games will be preserved for future generations and which will be lost forever to the fire. Yes, that is the sound of Space Arc. That is the sound of the Space Arc intro. And what's coming up is the sound of Space Arc. Um, it's the sound of us talking about what we want to put on the Space Arc, isn't it? That will be the correct. sound of what it is. And the things we want to put on the Space Arc this episode is stealth things, uh, stealth game things. Yes, we are confronting the grand genre of stealth. Um, so, but, but sneakily, you know, we're like creeping yeah, up on it very gently. Um, yes, uh, at, before we God, can... before we snap its neck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Obviously, uh, well, you know, stealth. You know, we, we are we have to be quite stealthy because it's kind of like we don't want to kind of draw too much attention to ourselves on board the ark, just in case anyone goes. What are what are those guys for again? So, you know, <laughs> as raucous yeah. as this conversation sounds, we're actually, you know, we're, we're, we've quite a soundproofed room. Yeah, that's right. So we kind of feel that by, you know, shooting out one of the bulbs and crouching behind a waist-high table, we'll, we'll be hidden from everyone, even though we're in a mile-long spaceship sitting in the middle of an ocean of, <laughs> of lava where everyone's drowning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that's our thinking. So, Alan, do you want to talk about what you're going to be uh, attempting to rescue from okay. uh, a fiery death? Uh, so, uh, you know me, I like to take my role on the Space Art Committee very seriously. And I was thinking about games that are important to the genre, in, both in terms of like moving it on, but also kind of defining it. And Defining uh, it and moving it on. That's a hell of a... Well, uh, yeah. It's going to be a hell of a game. Well, think about that. Metal Gear Solid. 
the the so like the third Metal Gear game, but Metal Gear Solid One, which is uh, on PlayStation nineteen ninety eight. Um, mm. If you haven't played it, go and play it. <laughs> really, because you got to. It's the first time it was done in three D, and it like there were so many elements of it which we now think of as commonplace. Things like uh, moving in and out of cones of vision, of cones, the idea of having a, a cone of vision, the idea of mm. having guards that, when alerted, would come and search for you and seem to exhibit mostly intelligent behaviour. I mean, you could mm. get them to do stupid things, but they gave an amazing impression of being intelligent, autonomous, functioning mm. guards. Mm. Uh, first person, third person. I'm not going to talk about all the kind of weird narrative stuff that happens in the game, like... Um, because the core mechanics of it, I think, are you know pretty much. I don't really think that they've been beaten in any significant way. So I was um, including by subsequent Metal Gear games, because mm. I compared with stuff like Snake Eater, where you're crawling around and you're changing your camouflage and you're eating snakes, and I just <laughs> thought none of that actually added much of any value compared to what was in Metal Gear Solid. It was the first game... It was What was really impressive to me was it was the first game I had played that actually nailed the sensation of what it would be like to, to infiltrate a facility of some description, right? Where you're like, you yeah. see this huge compound in front of you and it's full of guards, guards everywhere, and you think, I'm going to have to be really clever to get through this mm. thing alive. And, mm. you know, and you're going to have to crawl underneath the tanks and know the timing of when where the guards are going to move mm. you're going to have to use all your gadgets and um, use your binoculars to work out where they are and all that stuff and then you've got mm. the people on the radio giving you advice and all that like the sense of tension it was just unmatched um mm. you know you, you can have similar experiences in subsequent games but i feel that metal gear solid was the time when like that mechanic was completely nailed and I don't mm. really think there's been massive advances since. I'm prepared to be proven wrong, but mm. like this was this was the definitive thing, you know? Yeah, I you know like when you're standing on the on the top of a building and you there's a bit of there's a something primal in you just makes you want to jump off. Uh <laughs> anyone else get that? It's just just me. No, 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 I know um, what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a bit of me that just you know, just with that metal gear disc in my hand that just wants to see what it would look like just flying sailing off out <laughs> into the distance and into the because yeah it's a kind of it's a kind of no-brainer really i know I, yeah, it's, it's a bit it's of definitely a, it's a populist choice really yeah but it, it it has you're right it has it it is one of the few defining games that still you know i've been reading quite a few people because i think um mario 64 is coming up for its amazing what 20th um birthday amazingly oh man and I'm old. it's quite a lot of there's quite a lot of talk on forums at the moment people who've never played mario 64 playing it and just going eh, yeah well i don't get it you know well that's because uh, everything's that's, just, that's just people trying to pretend that's that's just people being all like yeah, basically i think you can play metal gear now and as probably a bit clunky and um and uh, a little bit frustrating as it is at times i think it still stands up as um as yeah. Alan says, something very, very well crafted and very, very polished, um, yeah. very sure of itself, very confident. Def definitely, I 
the the one thing I will say, and this isn't like an argument not to put it in because that's that's madness, but I do think maybe some of its ideas have gone unchallenged, or some of its some stuff I don't like kind of introduce that people to seem to think is fine. Like I I, I think there is something inherently flawed in what happens after a guard has spotted you. I think the actual alarm cycle is very, very tedious. And I think it's tedious pretty much. It's, it's, it's my major complaint of yeah, any stealth game that has it. It's the idea of kind of right. locking yourself up in a place and then sitting out of clock. Is, I, I've got like major issues with that because it's just not that exciting experience. It's cut, then it just becomes, you know, will the guard tap on the locker you're in or not? And that's, I, it, it's so Which, elegant in gone... creating that kind of tension. But once the tension's broken, you're like, I'd actually just like to be able to press a re- button and just reset to where I was, you know, a minute ago, rather than go through this whole mm. kind of hullabaloo of, you know, oh, I'm, I'm going to escape because fundamentally mm. you're quite dumb. You know, I'm going to hide behind that box. Yeah. I think I think everyone, as thrilling as stealth can be, I think everyone just gets to that point where you're just like, oh, for the, I just want to stop having to hide and, yeah. and wait, <laughs> you know. And you just, you just, uh, mm. it's so claustrophobic and restricting. Uh, so it is a very, and it is an unusual genre in a lot of ways. But I think um, for, I certainly. Matthew, I agree. I remember there were points when I first played Metal Gear Solid, thinking, "Well, waiting for this character to tick down is annoying." But I think it didn't at the time for what Metal Gear was doing. It didn't ruin the game by any, obviously by any stretch. You know, it was um, mm. it was forgivable, mm. and um, and you know, I mean, everyone's very quick to complain in modern day stuff games where you 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 the alarm gets raised and then you go and hide behind a box and then within three seconds the guards you know nowadays it's very common to have the mechanic where a guard makes a noise to show he's spotted you so that you have the opportunity to just dive behind something and you're given quite a long in some games you're given quite a long time to sort of scurry behind something even though you have obviously been spotted but the game will treat it as Mm. though you haven't been um so you know, I guess in in it's very it's a very hard system. Oh, to it get is. I mean, even right like, and realistic. You, you know. know, Kojima himself, I think, has kind of clearly struggled with it. I mean, it's it's only now in Ground Zeroes that he's introduced a system where, in that split second, the guard spots you. If you're playing on, you know, I think you can turn this mode off. But if you hit you know hit a button fast enough, you can basically go into slow motion and put a bullet between their eyes, so it then just negates. Yeah. But like people complain, well, then you can just shoot everyone in the head. You know, unless you've yeah, not got the bullets, yeah. or you know, if you haven't got a silenced weapon, yeah. it'll draw guards. But I, it, it's it's yeah. it's an ongoing challenge. I just it seemed for a while like everyone had just gone, oh well, that's just what it's going to be. Like we we you know mm, you can't yeah. challenge. You're that right. Or... It became very played out, and it is definitely time for reinvention or uh, uh, some the... sort of evolution of that mechanic. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think uh, that's going to take pride of place in our uh, little cabinet of uh, wonders, Metal Gear. I think so too. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm happy. I'm happy to let it in. I just wanted people to know that I'm like, you know, no more alarm cycles, please. That is a game that when we are playing our games on the space arc, I will be very careful to, after I finish playing, put the disc back into the disc box. That you know, you get it gets a special, uh, special treatment rather than just rather than just putting the disc in the empty disc box of the game that you had. Oh last no, playing, I you know. no. No, Mark. No. Is that going to cause ructions in the like? Space I always if I arc? if I open up a game on the space arc and is the wrong <laughs> disc in there, there's going to be trouble. 
Yeah, so that's gonna that's gonna be a big concern of yours. In there's this gonna be a ruckus. Future. I'm telling you, because we <laughs> have one be room job. For minor... Let's 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 <laughs> let's drill down into this for a second. We are the custodians of the medium mm. forever. <laughs> I think the least we can do is put games right in their back in the right flipping boxes, right? I, I love the idea of I love the idea of this. You know this last remaining prestigious museum of gaming. We can't we just can't be bothered to <laughs> can't put the things <laughs> right in the back, right in the box. So Metal Gear is in. Yes. It's in. Right. Who's next then? I think it might uh, be you, Mark. Yeah. So with grim inevitability, uh, I am going to put Deus. Ex- I'm going to nominate uh, Deus Ex: Human Revolution mm. in. So Shane Brogan nominated Human Revolution as well. He says, for its many ways of playing with stealth in mind, for its many ways of playing with stealth in mind, and and the various abilities you can upgrade. Yeah. Uh, I didn't really play the original Deus Ex games. So mm-hmm. I know there's... I mean, I think, they, I think Human Revolution is generally considered a really good game, but I know there's been some criticism from people who played the originals that it doesn't quite live up to the... The um the yep. dream of uh, the originals, um, but yeah, God, Human Revolution is just yeah uh, easily among my top ten games. I think um, mm. it's one of those games. I think said <laughs> Alan's getting angry already. I'm, I'm revving up. Here we go. <laughs> so one of those games where the just the title screen was so good, uh, the music is so good in uh, Deus Ex HR that. I just spent five minutes just listening to the title screen music, and that's normally a sign that this is going to be, you know, one of those experiences that you uh, you're just really immersed in. in mm. You know, just one of those magic, one of those your games uh, essentially. And yeah, just I think just the world really drew me in. I didn't know really what to expect from Deus Ex when I played it. It's one of those games mm. I didn't know a lot about, um, and just that opening tour through the. Uh, the lab, um, the detail. I, it just seems. It just seems so much more. There was so much going on just in the first room you're in, like Adam's uh, Adam Jensen's office, uh, I guess. Yeah. Uh, oh, not his office. I think no, his, his office. Um, you've got his, to his, make your way to yeah. it. No, yeah. it's his girlfriend's office, isn't it? Yeah. And there's just so much detail in there, and the color scheme is all that golden, um, black and gold sort mm-hmm. of look. Um, uh, orange uh just a really nice stylized look to it um and um yeah just and and then just really really good stuff uh, i thought there were lots of lo- lots of really uh, interesting ways to to make your way around each um each part of the game you know a lot of people have criticized it i think for too many vents <laughs> it's kind of vents everywhere that you can kind of mm. but that's mm. good you know i thought i thought yeah hunting trying to find that perfect way of um stealthing your way through um, I, which I think it, it kind of is a stealth game because I was I was mulling over one of the things with Deus Ex is like there is more than one way to approach a particular problem, so you don't technically have to stealth it. But yeah. the thing is, you you really do because if you just go all guns blazing in, you are going to get you just die. Yeah, yeah I, I've been playing. Die. I've been playing the director's cut um, with the commentary. I've been playing it really super slowly, uh, so I can listen to all the commentary. And um, yeah, there was a bit more shooting and I remembered at the start but yeah I mean I really I just keep quitting if I 
if I trigger an alarm because um, yeah, it gets really hard and uh, yeah, mm. I think it's it's designed for stealth. Um, yeah, really good. The so so the, the things that stand out for me are the the skill tree. You know, some really good upgrades, some really some upgrades you're really always trying to work your way towards. That you're really looking forward mm. to to getting hold of um, the. And yeah, just the just the city and the world is really well realized. Um, I didn't know there would be this kind of hub uh, to explore, and there were so many areas where I thought, "Oh, that's probably just flat scenery." But then you'd be mm. climbing up a fire mm. escape into into a window, and then into someone's hotel room or apartment, or you know, to the top of a hotel. Uh, There's so much to explore there was so much of it was real and and filled out that's that's um, that yeah that is true and there's bits that you don't realize are are relevant at all i mean they're going to be relevant mm. in some side mission later on mm. or i mean you can explore quite a lot there's still quite a few painted on doors and windows and stuff oh that yeah absolutely but i, that is but a I thing, think but you know it's... but there is a lot of there's a lot of inside to that outside environment you know yeah uh surprising amount um what i would say and... though is uh i i did play the original and essentially mm. a lot of that feeling of uh exploration and detail and all of that stuff is in the first game and mm. upgrades also that that yeah all of those mechanics are there in the original and mm. at a time when it was much more revolutionary because it was i don't know it must have been around about the year 2000 or something when the original came out which was just like mind-blowing game yeah yeah um, and i'm sure i would have i would have loved it then in a way i, I envy you it. going into it with not too many preconceptions but i'm on record mm. as saying that it is one that adam jensen is one of the most boring protagonists in video games oh god not this again <laughs> He explode, Alan. He's an exploding man <laughs> with no personality. Yeah, but that no, doesn't matter. It, that's interesting. You don't need a personality when you can explode because that's. I mean, that's enough you, of an icebreaker. You're going to spend it? A, just go into a bar and explode. You're going to spend three hour train ride though. I know. Who would you rather spend a three hour train ride with though? A guy who can explode balls out of his stomach or something else? <laughs> Anybody else? Yeah, but he can uh, use he can use all that stuff where he like sprays sort of like pheromones on you, so that you think he's more interesting than he is. He, that's one of his tricks. <laughs> I don't think I got the balls exploding out of the stomach. Move. I didn't get that one. No, and um, it, it, I think it's the thing that it's you're trying like someone's trying to steal in the first mission. The typhoon is it called? Okay, I feel it is my responsibility to say no to uh, Deus Ex: Human Revolution. This is bad news. Purely, no, I'm gonna. I don't think it's a great stealth game. Um, I don't think like the, that is insane. The core, like it's not the it's not the most well executed stealth element to it. If you see what I mean, like the core mechanic of stealth is no matter how many ways you find of saying that, you're going to be wrong every time. <laughs> <laughs> but that, like, I don't know. Just it didn't seem to me to be a particularly inventive rendition of it. You know, it just seemed like every other stealth game. Yeah, keep going. I, I mean, I, I think I, I'm, I'm, I can't remember what the state of stealth. I played Deus Ex HR fairly late, so I don't know what the state of stealth was at the point where it came out. I, I, probably you're right. It didn't do anything revolutionary with stealth. Nice. I like what you've uh, done there, Greener. Revolution. Nice. Oh yeah. God, that, 
I just froze. <laughs> it's like, what did I do? What did I do? Uh, I heard the phrase, I know what you've done. <laughs> like, ah. like, oh, no. I was, ready, I was ready to flee. Finally, they've <laughs> caught up with me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I guess maybe you're right. Maybe it wasn't... Um, you know, a big, a big step forward. Right, so it's but not it, going in. Sweet. No, it did, it did everything really well. That, uh, that is mm, the fact. I, I, I vote for know. balls out of stomach. Kaboom. That's a really. I don't think that's a choice in any of the election constituencies. But <laughs> yeah. could, you cross that, that one on the ballot yeah. paper. Yeah. Yeah. So that means it's in, Alan. It's in. I do wonder if I was like you, Alan, and I played the original Deus Ex. Um, I may be one of those people who was like Deus Ex. Human Revolution was a terrible disappointment. So, well, I, 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 I wouldn't go quite as far as that. I no, just it's think not it, at all. It I, bring anything. I, I, I actually think I actually think that the stealth path in Human Revolution is is better executed than the stealth in in the other Deus Ex games, because just simply because well, you yeah. can go into third person cover, which is the view to play a stealth game in. I think um, it is very mm. helpful. Yeah, because first person mm. stealth games are always super. That's difficult. what I liked about. It. Yeah. I, I actually thought executing your stealthy plan was like re- a real pleasure like you felt really powerful and predatory in that game and i you know mm. yeah a big thumbs up i'm really glad it's on so we are we if we um what, how many games we've got so far in uh, we two, got right? two we're two they're for both two. in two, two for, for two. two and i Everyone hope to make stuff. it three for three uh by voting for the marvelous thief two mm. which uh the the metal age i think was his subtitle no Right. What I really liked about it, one, you're a thief, which is really cool. That's that because it makes sense yeah. that you know, in terms of sneaking roles, most games go, oh, you're just, you know, you're in a place you shouldn't be because you're a government spy. You're, a, you know, you're a military man of some kind, and actually to be there because you're just robbing the joint, I think, is actually quite kind of like it. It, it puts yeah. you in a good yeah. place. Like that's a very logical reason for someone to try and keep out of things and it adds like a extra sort of frisson of excitement because it's not just i don't want to be mm. found but it's like you shouldn't be there because you're you know yeah. you're naughty it lets you yeah <laughs> yeah it lets you role play stealth yeah exactly yeah. and burglary essential. as well because there's you know getting burglary right as mechanic must be yeah. very exciting in games yeah um and it's pretty what what i remember anyway it's like pretty rumored rudimentary in terms of you know it's kind of spot the enemy path stay in darkness try and kind of eliminate areas of lightness and it's got very it's quite fun how it uses different arrow types to um oh yeah you know you can sort of extinguish uh uh uh, flaming torches with water arrows you can lay down kind of Mm. mossy arrows on kind of metal grates to silence your footsteps because you know the sound you make is very key to it it's not just sight it's things can kind of hear you in this world you know there are rope arrows that kind of take you up onto the um, you know, take you up onto higher levels and kind of reveal new parts of the level, and 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 this was all true of Thief One as well. But I think what Two mm. really did is it kind of blew the levels out a bit more. They became a bit more sandboxy. You know, it was it was more of a sense of place. It was kind of, you know, here's a bank or a warehouse. You have to tackle, you know, go, you know, tackle it however you see fit. You know, go and burgle it, yeah. go forth and burgle, and and using these tools. And there was a lot yeah. of rewards for kind of pushing into other areas that you shouldn't be and it just that excitement of kind of um 
you know, like like we mentioned, that kind of role playing element added excitement. But there was also what I what I liked about it is it was quite a scary game. You know, it had mm. you know there are elements of horror in it or otherworldliness. Like this one was very big into like uh, mechanical beasts. There are these sort of robots stumping around which don't behave like humans. You know, they can kind of hear what a human might not be able to hear. So you have to kind of learn to behave differently around them. But it's a game oh. where there are like dark things in the shadows with you, which I thought was a really kind of cool kind of twist. You know, it's it's oh, not yeah, you know it's cool. it's not just a, cool. you know it's kind of it's a game which forces you out of the light. But when you're out of the light, you know you're kind of open to all kinds of horrible stuff. And famously, uh, it was the it was the third game which really nailed that. With the there was that famous level, was it the cradle, which everyone always talks about as like the scariest oh. game level ever. But yeah, so it kind of, you know, it plays on that. You know, it's slightly gothic and, you know, it's not kind of clean cut. It's not, you know, Sam Fisher, when he hides in the dark, he's hiding in an office block and he's hiding in a kind of just a dark conference room. But when you're hiding in the shadows of a kind of warehouse where there's probably something horrible, it just adds, you know, there yeah. often isn't, but it adds an extra something to it. And yeah, yeah, I just remember it being a really, a really kind of compelling world to kind of sneak around in. I think the motivation for sneaking around is is really spot on. Um, yeah. And I loved it. I haven't played it since then because it's one of those sort of cherished gaming memories where it's just locked in as the thing that it was, and I don't mm. really want to go back because it'll probably look ropey as hell and. And you know, and, oh yeah. Well, I went. I I tried to play the original Deus Ex for the first time a few months ago, and yeah, that, it's all a bit sort of flappy it... lips, isn't it? <laughs> 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 like they've all got origami lips. It's a lot of. It's amazing how flat polygons were in the, the nineties yeah. as well. Very flat. So, um, um, so Thief Two. Hmm. How many of the other Thief games have we played among us? Um, obviously, I the think most I've played recent. all of them. Oh, okay. Oh, well, all right. I respect your comparisons. And I, I, I think I must have played the original way back when. But I, to be honest, I have very few memories of it. But certainly, the most recent, um, the most recent Thief, uh, I played something of, and that is a, that is very atmospheric, isn't it? It's got. It's really nailed that that sense of being where you're not supposed to be what i'm trying to get at is is thief 2 the metal age the is it the the is it the one that should go in you know what i mean well that's it it's interesting because <clears throat> i've got a kind of weird criteria for putting thief 2 in actually which is that i haven't played any of the original thieves 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 thieves, thieves. thieves. <laughs> um but as i've said on podcast four, I have played the new Thief, which I liked a hell of a lot better than uh, quite a lot of people did. Um, and I know that the original Thieves, Thieves, Thieves must have been awesome, you know, based on the sheer vitriol around how much people hate the new one. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that I can, you know, a bit like with Deus Ex Human Revolution, I can see... Um, you know what the 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 parts of thief that are in the new thief that um you know made it such a uh you know such a great prospect um mm. so yeah i i want to see thief uh, and i i think no matter what you think of the most recent thief the word thief is ceasing to have any meaning meaning for yeah. me it's just thief thief, thief. <laughs> um that you certainly get that uh from the recent remake you get that sense of sneaking around you know being where you shouldn't um, you know, it's some amazing kind of, uh, you know, opening doors into areas that, you know, um, 
either you or humans should should not be in mm. um so yeah that really appeals to me yeah and um I, I, yeah i'd really yeah. like i'd really i'd really like to go back and play thief uh maybe not most of the first ones probably a bit probably seem a bit clunky now but i'd like to play two and three uh the one thing new thief does have over thief 2 is i love all the um like the hand animations, the kind of running your fingers along the side of <laughs> Oh traits. my god, that is he's, so good. He's got great, the, great hands for like, and yeah, the way he and kind you... of snatches all the jewels up, it's kind of oh, it's um, it's amazing. And the and yeah. the noise, if you wear, if you play that game on headphones, the kind of th- of you running your fingers along the underside of a painting to find the hidden yeah. catch is just incredible. Yeah, yeah, that is that is a great that is a great trick, and it's yeah. almost like worth playing the game just for that that mad thing it does over and over again. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah I, the, I just, the, sorry, gone. No, I was just gonna say I'd just like you to put Thief Two in the arc. <laughs> wasn't, gonna, it wasn't a great concluding yeah. sentence. <laughs> In summary, it's like when you're finishing an essay and you haven't got a conclusion and you're like, so that is why uh, Atticus Finch is a great character. Yeah, it's, 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 the, uh, it's the space equivalent of finishing a story with, and then we all went home. <laughs> Except we can't go home. Except we can't go home because all our homes are, are magma now. So what, did you, what was your opinion in the end, Al? Oh, well, in the end, um, yeah, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. I think... Right. Uh, I think some kind of thief game's got to go in. I think a reasonable case <laughs> yes. has been made that this is the one. So yeah, yes, that's legit. Yes. And what year, what year was the original Thief? Uh, ninety eight. So oh, when was Metal Gear? Ninety eight. Uh, ninety eight. Mm, interesting. So two very different. Well, uh, it was like the PC doing on. its own thing. You know, it was like a yeah, yeah. PC crowd. Yeah. And now, and so interesting. I guess stealth has become very much a combination of those two approaches to stealth. Am yeah. I right in that, or is that rubbish? It's, in some ways. I mean, there's, yeah. there's other elements in there, but yeah. Yeah, it's all a little bit cool now. That's the thing with stealth. It's all kind of, mm. it's all very flashy. It's all designed to make you look awesome rather than to make you feel kind of <clears throat> awesome for avoiding everything. But Yeah. Oh, do you think? Because when I was playing Wolfenstein, I felt that, you know, Wolfenstein was... And Alan, I actually, when I, I, I finished Wolfenstein now, and I can see mm-hmm. what you mean, where I was enjoying the... I was feeling, uh, I was enjoying the stealth aspects and enjoying some of the craft of the levels, but I kind of was just at the tipping point of when it just turned into a kind of all-out shooter and and, yeah. and it didn't really have, you know, it kind of left a lot of its early stuff behind. Mm. But um, there were bits where, you know, I was taking great pleasure in, you know, in the middle of what is ostensibly a shooter, just picking my way around the level and, uh, <clears throat> you know, feeling, you know, just that, just that super tense Sort of like, mm. oh, can I not get spotted? Um, it does make you. That's the thing about stuff. As frustrating as it is, it does make you feel cool, cool. And uh, wait a minute, was that the point you were making? Did no, I just, I just come, mean come it kind of to... like. I think a lot of the edge has been taken off stealth because it wants you to, you know, it's it's the kind of Batman school of thought. You know, you're a stealth predator. You're not. You're not just. Uh, you're not mm. stealthy because. I don't want to be found. You're uh, really yeah, strong yeah, and stealthy. Yeah. And when you do get found, you just kick everyone's ass anyway. And you're like, well, what's the point? Uh, yeah. But I guess oh, that... I, I do love those Batman games. Oh, I love it. Oh, no, yeah. no, no. I, I absolutely love them. But I just, I think stealth is a like a weird... It's either kind of really backwards or it's kind of too kind of too changed in the, in, in you know, going forwards. There's, there's, mm-hmm. there are questions with the older ideas of stealth yet to be answered, but. But of course, we, you know we're we're never going to answer them because anyone with any you know knowledge of stealth games has uh, been uh, consumed by the flames. So, <laughs> and that's the thing. Right now, we're all like 
it's Kojima at Konami, it's Kojima not at Konami, oh. and it does like, oh. and you're like, trust me, guys, it doesn't matter. Kojima, Konami, all of it flames. I'm just telling you, <laughs> <laughs> like all None this of flames. It that's that's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, all right, on that grim note, should we yeah. take a look at what uh, what some of our uh, listeners have been uh, nominating? Let's do that. Okay, so Robert Conker on Twitter, that's C-O-N-Q-U-E-R, for people thinking it was... Uh, His surname's like a... Conker, as in, to, as in Command and Conker. Yeah, it looks like it. What yeah. a brilliant surname. That's a great name. Good man. So he's nominating uh, Splinter Cell Chaos Theory HD, please. Mm. If only because I've just reached the last level and would like to finish it, or does it not work like that? Well, no, he's, <laughs> you, my friend, no, are in the flames. been dead for hundreds of years, man. He says, have I already completed it by the time this message reaches you no. in a thousand years? Uh, no, it doesn't. Well, I guess, yeah, I'm not sure. That last level's not that hard. <laughs> anyway, I'd, say it's, it's, I'd still say it's worth saving. It's one of the few stealth games I've really enjoyed. Yeah, Chaos Theory is often held up as the uh, the highlight of the Splinter Cell series, and I have got the Splinter Cell game so mixed up in my head, I can't tell you if I've played it or not. <laughs> which, yeah, which one it is. Uh, is it one of those ones where it's not really a stealth game? You know what I mean? Because there are so many of I those. Doubt I, if, I doubt if people would like oh, it so hackers. much. It's it's, it's, hack, it's the one with loads of hackers and that. Yeah, it's got green. It's got green on the box. That uh, much I can tell you. Yes, that's not really <laughs> narrowing it down. Is it that one where he's got the goggles on his head? <laughs> I think Chaos Theory was the yeah. Well, Chaos Theory was the one before the one where he was in prison, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. it was. So Chaos. I th- I thought it was a bit like the Star Trek films with Splinter Cell. It's kind of like odd numbers good, even numbers bad. Really? So it's Splinter yeah. Cell One is good, and then it's then it's Pandora Tomorrow, which is bad. Bad. And then Chaos there's Chaos Theory, Theory and then there's Double Agent, yeah. which is bad, and then there's Conviction, which is good, and then there's Oh, Conviction is lovely. And I then really there's Blacklist, which is so so. We had a nomination for Blacklist as well for Manju Rice, uh, who said um, for someone as someone who often struggles with the mechanics of stealth, this game absolutely blew me away. I love the fact the game doesn't punish you too hard for being sneaky. But for being less sneaky, sorry. But I also love the feeling of getting the stealth right. The gadgets are great. The campaign is fun. And Spies versus Mercs is one of the most fun versus multiplayer experiences I've had. So, yeah, I think a Splinter Cell has to go in. But I'm, I am tempted to side with Chaos Theory. Um, is it Black- Chaos Theory? But- Black- I, 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 hmm. Blacklist, I thought, was a very muddled game because it kind of went that it wanted to be. It, it was the one which said, you can play this as an action game. Uh, kind of a pre- you know predator stealth game or like a complete you never get caught you never get seen like complete ghost and right. you know they made it a more competent action experience than it's ever been but it comes at like it's to the detriment of the others you know it didn't really commit to mm. anything I, I thought it was a little vague and yeah. uh, so I personally am quite keen for Blacklist to go in the lava I'm um, I have such a I really 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 enjoyed Conviction. Um, I I, re- so, I really like Convictions, um, but it has got torture sequences where you drag people towards the thing you want to slam their head in, and you're kind of like that, and you'll be in a room which has conveniently got like a big fridge, a piano with its lid open, you know, just a very <laughs> heavy dictionary, <laughs> and then you kind of go, oh, which of these things do I want to slam slam you in? But. Yeah, I'm I'm going chaos theory. I'm saying yes to chaos theory. Yeah, all right. It's it's in in my view. It's I'm not sure yeah. it's the best among them, but meh. so Robert Conquer by name, Robert Conquer by nature. That makes no um, sense. 
What? How was he roboted? How does that work? <laughs> uh, and sorry, Andrew, uh, Blacklist did not make it in. And no one except us even talked about conviction, so I don't know how we got onto that. Um, <laughs> so we've had a nomination in from Connor on Facebook who says, Hotline Miami, purely because... It, I like they always start, All the best Hotline ones start with Miami. purely because... Purely because in the year 3000, nostalgia to the time 1200 years previous might be some consolation to the fiery inferno happening all around you. And because it's rather good. If one thing Space Arc has done, it has exposed Britain's inability to calculate how many years there are between uh, the current year and the year 3000, including myself. So, <laughs> We've had 1,000, 1,200. I normally go for 984. It's a callback to the, uh, to, the, to the turn of the 19th century, apparently. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's, that's real. Very much Hotline Miami's uh, style, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hot, just just after the French Revolution. Um, I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd argue what? it's it's maybe not a stealth game in that it's a game about slamming doors in dudes' faces and hitting <laughs> them with doors. bats. If anything, and I'd running say around. It's, it's not twitched. a game that trades on subtlety. Yeah, there is a there. Uh, certainly, when I think of the tropes of uh, stealth games, I don't necessarily think about a man bursting through a door and shotgunning seven people in the face as quickly as possible um, it doesn't it doesn't scream stealth to me but I mean, there's a little bit of an element of you don't want to trigger certain people right so you do so you do inch forward you inch forward yeah in fairness oh. but i tell you what is quite stealthy though um uh, i hit a dog with a katana that was <laughs> I mean, that is, yeah. I mean, that is pure. That is Metal Gear One Hundred and One. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't. I just think if there's any any game where you announce yourself with an Uzi, I just don't know if that's. <laughs> I just don't like call me stubborn, but I don't yeah. know if that is a stealth mechanic. So I think Connor, if you read between the lines, the consensus is is probably not considered a stealth game by us. We don't necessarily agree. Um, that's the subtle message to take away from our discussion. But uh, but a good game. I just like the I like I like the idea of someone finishing a level in in Hotline Miami and looking at it, and there's blood everywhere. There's bits of there's like hands have been chopped off. There's brains on the wall, and then someone just looks at it and is like, "Yeah, sneaky." Yeah, I've ghosted that. Like, didn't ever didn't know no I was here. You're like, yeah, that's right. And then just tiptoes out. Very carefully closes the door, you know, just very <laughs> just slowly. Just, yeah, there you go. Like if you had to clean up after yourself afterwards, then maybe that would be like a weird-ass stealth game, but... <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so sorry, Connor, that's not... We're, we're not going to put that in space up. But I, I can imagine Hotline... I, I love Hotline Miami. I could Hotline Miami. I can imagine that uh, coming back in some sort of future genre, maybe. I wonder what genre that is, Hotline Miami. It's an interesting mm. one. Horrendous murder simulator. Yeah, that'll be a fun. That'll be a fun week. Oh yeah, and um, the purple chimp. <laughs> not that's not a stealth game. It's oh, I was just going to say I've not played that one. Well, there is nothing stealthy about a purple chimp. I tell you that. <laughs> that's the challenge of playing it is to try and stay undercover. Um, 
He's uh, the purple chimp is recommending Stealth Inc. Two. Uh, he says probably probably more of a Metroidvania game, but it has stealth in the title, so that's good enough for me. Well, it's nice that it's nice that people are taking it so seriously. What, <laughs> well, he's um, honest. The the purple chimp is nothing but honest. I played I, I played Stealth Inc. One a lot. Yeah, I liked it. I liked, I liked it. it. And that, that's that's interesting actually because I I interviewed the 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 guy who. Um, the guy who kind of created it, who he used to be the kind of creative director at Curve, he left recently, um, oh. Jonathan B- Biddle, I think he's called. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were talking about stealth games, and he said that Stealth Inc., or Stealth to give it its original name, mm. um, was kind mm. of a was a direct reaction to that alarm cycle problem in Metal Gear, that he wanted a oh, game where if you got spotted, like a laser would just melt you instantly and then you'd just be instantly restart and get on with it. And so right. it was kind of a reaction. It became like a very fast paced kind of almost sort of uh, testing your kind of reaction speeds to, to really yeah. d- deadly uh, obstacles. I, I've got a lot of time yeah. for it. I really, really like Stealth Inc. I think Stealth Inc. 2 is excellent. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I, I, I like the first one. So uh, I'll put the second one in so yeah. I at least get to see it. Yeah. It's going in. Stealth Inc. Two is and it's in. excellent. Yeah. Stealth Inc. Two is is uh, exceptional on Wii U. It it was made for it, mm. that's what it came out on first, and it's genuinely very good. If you've got a Wii U, you should play Stealth Inc. Two, and mm. also on cool. Xbox One. Oh yeah, <laughs> both of them, and, and any a, other uh, magazine. And, and, I'm surprised and, and, Matthew, yeah, does, and, you know, Matthew doesn't say that at the end of every sentence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, let's do some um, let's do some speed uh, space arc. Oh. Um, Okay, Rapid number one, fire. Alpha Protocol, Burn suggested it. by David Baptiste. Do you want it? Do you want it? <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't even wait for me to finish. Oh, sorry. I thought, <laughs> how speedy are we talking? Well, I All do, right. Okay, I let, let's hear you out then. I should at least give David the Burn opportunity. To, David, David calls us uh, Arkanoids, which I really oh, like. Oh, that's it's good. It's a nice little, oh, nice little term. Ooh. So I'll just give him a chance to explain himself. Uh I'm absolutely terrible at stealth games, so I was delighted when fully upgrading the stealth skill in Alpha Protocol resulted in somehow making you completely invisible, <laughs> even when running in front of enemies. Um, <laughs> coupled with a, a pistol upgrade that meant you can shoot through walls, um, it actually makes stealth mechanics fun and not anxiety-inducing enemy pattern memory tests. Uh, he does say, well, really, the best one is Metal Gear Solid, but you've got to rep the underdog sometimes. I, I have you not do. heard that, you do. that expression. Um, so, uh, oh, he also says Matthew was almost on the blacklist. I don't think he means Splinter Cell blacklist. I think he means his own blacklist because of being so wrong about Broken Sword last episode. Oh, George Stubbett's a jerk. Everyone knows it. But he says he saved it with his Discworld anecdotes. (laughs) Oh, I forgot about that. (laughs) Yeah, that's out in the open now. All right, so very quickly, Alpha (laughs) Protocol, um, I have not played it fully. I got a bit frustrated by the opening section, but uh, I hear very good things. <laughs> I, that is the, that's the motto of that game is I've not played it fully. I was frustrated <laughs> by the opening section, which is I played the tutorial and then I sent it back to trade in. <laughs> yeah. I'd still like to put it in, though. I'm saying yes. Oh, what? Really? Oh, that game, that game but, is but it's, ropey it's not, as it's all stealth, hell. Really? It's stealth for non Stealth players, which you well, know, fair enough. Uh, I mean, it, you know, there are plenty of people who don't like them, but th- you know, I just won't else. burn it so Alan can choose. Get out! It, all right, it's in the fire. Sorry. Yeah. I hope this. I hope. I hope that guy doesn't end up becoming like my arch nemesis because 
we you know, because of broken sword <laughs> and now because of this. No, uh, I've broken. You're gonna come, have to come up with a really another really good Discworld anecdote. Uh, so lastly, then uh, you know, I, I actually want to talk about this game. Richard Burrows uh, has nominated Dishonored, who says uh, even though they didn't spell it correctly, oh. that is damn right. I hate looking at the way they, the, the dish, American dish, way they spell Dishon, Dishon O'Red. Yeah. yeah, the gameplay and setting are simply amazing and well worth saving. I was somewhat let down by Dishonored, which I think I said in a previous um, previous podcast. I don't know why. I just didn't. It was just there was just a lot of. It's just the promise of if you get Dishonored right, it's amazing. But if you keep messing up, it isn't amazing. It's just a lot of restarting and missing bits and not getting the full experience. So um, I found Dishonored a bit of a disappointment. But I did really enjoy the mechanic of, um, uh, what was it called, blinking? Blinking across the uh, yeah. a world. And, you know, I think Thief, the, the Thief borrowed a bit of that um, and it worked really well. So I'm torn. I'm torn on Dishonored. You're torn. I mean, I think a lot of people liked it and speak mm. very highly of it, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's. I think it was very hot, very majorly hyped, but um. Oh, I love it. That could be the problem. I love that game. I think it's great. Really, mm. I just like the power. I like. I, the, the, I, 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 think the, the I just think the the powers are really well realized in it. It was a mm. game which gave you so many things, so many fun powers, which were kind of you know completely kind of counterintuitive if you if you if you wanted to do a stealthy run you're like oh man i really want to use all these horrible stabbing abilities <laughs> yeah. but i just can't because i'm That's trying true. to be stealthy um it That's was confl- it was conflicted in that sense but okay i, I mean I, yeah I, i'm i'm i mean i'll, I'll yeah. do it I'll put dishonored, dishonored oh yeah, yeah yes yes please yes please yes please <laughs> yeah all right so well done burrows you've won the, this you've won this round so just to finish um james moyles um has oddly nominated something to be thrown into the lava. Um, he says, <laughs> can we condemn... <laughs> yeah. But unluckily for him, uh, we get to decide what's thrown yeah. in. So we, Knowing us, though, nothing. we'd still manage to bodge it. <laughs> yeah, <we'd> still, <laughs> still <laughs> oh, I can't believe we, th- we threw Alan into the lava. <laughs> what? I am not okay with this. <laughs> I'm uh, going, no. <laughs> so can we can he's uh, James Moyle says can we condemn the opening stealth section of Wind Waker to a fiery death? Hmm. Oh, can we? But what happens though if we then put Wind Waker on? What happens when you get to that bit in the game? What what happens? Like <laughs> that's a bit just, missing. Do you just get a picture of the dude's grumpy? Who who? What's his name again? Uh, Rich. Uh, James Moyles. James, do we just get like his grumpy, like, or his sort of smug face because he's, you know, yeah. like he got his way, or his sm- his smiling skull? <laughs> yeah, <that'd> be... <laughs> just for the twenty minutes. We it just get. We just, it's just a moment of silence for him. <laughs> yeah, it just says R.I.P. James Moyles for twenty minutes on screen, and then yeah, you just sit and contemplate. <laughs> I'd rather, sorry, I'd rather James. do that. I don't like talking about it. There's a line we cross sometimes where we talk about people's fiery death in an acceptable <laughs> oh, way. Oh, now I, you I, notice it. I would pers- 16 episodes in, you've noticed it's slightly macabre. <laughs> I, I would genuinely rather contemplate the life and times of James Moyles than play The Forbidden Fortress for a second time. So I'm kind of down with that. <laughs> okay. Oh, so it's come to that choice. Oh, yeah. In which case, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, Stealth Wind Waker out. Um, James Moyle uh, memorial, a, a James a memorial, memorial service. That's in the arc. Is in. Um, yeah. One of our more unusual choices for the uh, <laughs> for the games committee. That's right. Okay. 
<laughs> I'm not putting that on the. You know, there's that list on on the website. I don't know if you even know about this, but there's a list of games yes. that made it onto the. I'm not putting a memorial service for James Moyles onto that bad. list. Not, that's not going on. Yeah. I feel sorry, James. Um, of course, I, just, uh, I, I wouldn't worry. put it on there. I'd just leave it as a surprise for anyone who hasn't played Wind Waker, and they're just like, <laughs> like I heard, I heard this one was a bit rushed, but this is just weird. <laughs> <laughs> and people frantically, frantically trying to fit it into their uh, belief that. <laughs> oh, Wind that was Waker the game where they famously like... ran out of time, so they cut out the last dungeon, just replaced it with a memorial service for a for a dude who died hundreds of years ago. <laughs> Who's not even listed on the credits of the game? You know? It's just like just a person. Oh man, I'd love to have written a walkthrough for that for O and M. I'm just thinking about you know how famously in um, the SNES Zelda they had a competition and they put a secret room in for I forget his name is like James Houlihan or something. So you went to a room and it said it was just full of rupees and it said welcome to. You know James Houlihan's room. It'd just be funny if instead of that they just put a memorial to that guy who'd won that competition. It'd be the creepiest, weirdest thing to do. <laughs> Where that kid who's won this competition, he finally gets a game. He goes to his room and he just says, "R.I.P. James Houlihan." <laughs> like, oh, what? Like, it, like, it just cuts. Just it like... cuts to like Nintendo in Kyoto, and they're just absolutely just just. Just weeping with laughter at the idea that how freaked out that kid's going to be. Classic, and they're just like, "Oh, Miyamoto, that is just brilliant. This is the best thing we've ever done." That I tell you what, that is proper Yamuchi thinking. (laughs) He's like, "Yes, yes, build them up and then smash them down, my disciple." Well, good, good. Um, Hooray, space what a lovely Space Oak, what a lovely way to finish. Um, yeah, fun times. Well, I think we, yeah, that, that's, I'm glad we, uh, stealth's a really good genre to do, actually. Some some very good gaming memories from the distant past. So as the the sun sets on another day on the Space Arc, another full and, and uh uh, difficult day of making very hard decisions about uh, video games. <clears throat> um, we say thank you to uh, all our listeners for uh, your great suggestions. Uh, we hope you weren't too disappointed. Uh, if <laughs> the, the idea you'd be disappointed about your game not going in the space arc um, while your your very bones are uh, melting around you, I guess is uh, mm. it's not going to happen. Yeah. But... Just, just try and get some perspective, is what we're saying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's not a big deal. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks to everyone. That's uh, we we love hearing about your uh, your favourite games. So thank you very much. And uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we want to hear your, your suggestions for next episode and we'll uh, let you know the genre uh, at the end of this episode. In the meantime, goodbye, Space Ark. Hello, this. And so we land on the final platform. This is called the Go Home Podcasters <laughs> pod platform because it's... Well, the that's rude. It's well, I know. Well, listen, you know, hey, I, I didn't name it. Uh, I don't know who did. Uh <laughs> Well, they named it quite shoddily, if I may say. Yeah, it's it's not a great sign. The phrasing on it's yeah. all, all shot to pieces. But anyway, uh, mm. so yeah, this is this is the end of the podcast. Um, we hope you've enjoyed uh, hanging out with us for a, for a bit this week, and mm. uh, we will be back soon. Uh, you can, of course, uh, get in contact with us through various means. Uh, our email address is trp yes at therotatingplatform.com. Correct. 
you can follow us and tweet at us on Twitter, and we are at Rotating Podcast. Or you can follow us or friend us on Facebook, where it's facebook.com forward slash rotating platform. And finally, you can check out our site, which is therotatingplatform.com. Correct. Yay. Yay you I've made done it. it. Successfully. I've done it. I don't get thrown off the platform. No. Mission I don't know how long that, that just took in edited podcast terms, but just so listeners know, that was about 20 minutes of getting through those. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew's desperately struggling I can to never, remember. We're just, it's not my fault that every variation is slightly different. <laughs> slightly like, different. One of them is called the Rotating Podcast, which is really not helpful. Yeah, what is um, up with that? You can just you can just find us. Just do some. Why don't you do some sleuthing and see if you can find us online? So uh, yeah, we'd like to hear your messages. If you've got any ideas for for platforms that we might be able to land on, do send them our way. We're always up for that. And uh, of course, we're looking for entries for the space arc. Uh, next episode, the genre is going to be, and it's a weird genre. Games where you play as an animal. <laughs> yeah, no, it's weird. We'd already decided it. When you say it out loud, it's like... Yonk. Yeah, when you say it out loud, yeah, it's <laughs> mad. But, uh, no, but that, no, should, no, good. that should... It'd be fun. So please, just get involved. And uh, yeah, and we will be back in, well, a couple of weeks, I guess. Yeah. So we hope you join us for the next episode. Uh, that's this episode done. So we shall say bye for now. Bye. bye. bye.